This episode of Tantric Conversation has been brought to you by Comfort Restaurant in downtown Richmond at 200 West Broad Street. Comfort is one of my all-time favorite Richmond restaurants and is a like the personalities that I have been talking to on this show is an awesome example of what I think makes this town great. It's a uh, it's got classic style, classic flavors, classic dishes, but it's uh growing with the times and pushing the envelope. Uh, on a recent visit there, I sat at the bar and hung out with a whole bunch of folks I knew and had fried catfish, Brussels sprouts, cheese grits, and banana pudding for dessert. It was awesome. And I look forward to going back there again and thank Comfort for their support. Namaste, motherfuckers, and welcome to Tantra Conversation, episode number 21, Kevin Inge. Kevin is one of my favorite uh, local musicians. He was in uh, Drag Strip Syndicate, which I adored when I came back from New York in like 1998. Those guys were in full swing, and I would catch him at the hole in the wall. Three guitars, big sound great riffs great songs you know it rocked it boogied at the same time love that band great time saw him every chance i could get and recently now i've come back to richmond to find kevin and john brown who were two of the guitars in that band and another band called horsehead which i had the opportunity to see with uh gold rush the band wars thing they did at the camel last month and uh, I couldn't put my finger on the experience of checking out that band I'm looking forward to uh, talking to John Brown in addition to Kevin coming up they uh you know those guys being you know dudes that came up and cut their teeth in punk rock and alternative rock and metal and hard rock and they came out with this you know swaggering guitar band and and they've matured into something else, you know. They're they're wielding the uh, they're wielding the mature powers of rock. That uh, that blues, that soulful blues, that soulful country. That there's something they're on. They're they're hitting some they're hitting some mark. I don't know how to describe it, but I would say that John Brown is one of those guys that uh, he confidently uh, inhabits. The role of front man and songwriter and guitar player and singer in a, a way that uh, I would normally attribute to some of the legends. And maybe he is a legend in the, in the making. Certainly a Richmond legend. Enjoy those guys. Really like them a lot, too. I mean, the night that I went out to eat dinner at Comfort, uh, I ran into Kevin after we had done this interview. And he and John and a bunch of their other friends hang out. Comfort on Wednesday nights used to be Heath Haynes' night, and uh, they still do it even though he's in Nashville now. And I had a great time hanging out with those guys talking about rock and roll. Um, 
little kindred spirits. I hope, hope to be getting John on here soon, for sure. I've said that already. I'm repeating myself. So I hope everybody had a nice Labor Day and a nice weekend. I, uh, I only put up one podcast last week. I went into vacation mode early. It was, um, it was a nice one. Got together with family. Went and hung out with my uncle at his pool over there at the Went over to the Granite Pool. I, mean, I haven't done that since I'm like the 80s. And uh, the last day of the season, Labor Day, I just couldn't believe all the people I knew there. It was like dropping into a party. Except there were, you know, a lot of people my age, married with kids. It's a nice scene. It was, uh, But it wasn't what I was expecting. I was kind of thinking I would roll over there and <clears throat> my uncle and my sister would be there and get in the pool and that'd be it. And I found myself, I couldn't even get through the gate. I was talking to two or three different people. It's catching up. It's a, it's a great thing about this town. I, and one of the things that I'm really trying to um, highlight and explore for myself is, is all of these cool <clears throat> people in this town. Great personalities. Really interesting characters. There's so many of them. I'm just, I'm not even, I can't even say I'm scratching the surface yet here at episode number 21. But I am just looking forward to uh, continuing the exploration. I'm learning a lot, dispelling myths, and um, getting the uh, getting the picture fleshed out for me. As much as I thought this was a small town, and uh, and there wasn't much going on throughout most of my youth and high school and college, there's a lot going on, and a whole lot I didn't know about, and uh, I'm finding out about it now and great it's a little bit of anthropology maybe so uh this um the square deal crate show at balaso that's actually happening in two days and uh it's um a whole hundreds and hundreds of 12 and 7 inch prints five dollars for the 12 inch and two dollars for the seven inch um as well as a five dollar buffet style meal there at balaso while supplies last and a dollar of every sale of every print will be going to the Harvey Memorial Fund which is putting musical instruments in the hands of Richmond Elementary School students which is a great cause I went to Richmond Elementary Schools and uh, there weren't even when I was there there were not much wave instruments there I could use them and that'll just be a good time lots of great art to look at pictures and cheap to boot also, uh, speaking of art, the um, street art fair, uh, that is starting. It's a street art fair? I don't know. Is that what it's called? I don't know. Richmond Street Art Project that Ed Trask and John Beliles are, are doing. Uh, that kicks off um, September 11th over there at the GRTC bus terminal. People have been working on it all along. It's really cool to see the different updates of what's being done over there. And uh, look forward to checking that out. So let's get into Mr. Kevin Inge. Just go ahead and start rolling. Hello. Hi, Kevin. Hi. How, How you are doing, you? Curtis? Good to see you, man. <laughs> Good to see you, buddy. I really, uh, it's been a long time since I thought about you guys. It was really good to see you and John at uh, the Camel. Last it's very good to see you week. at the Camel. And I just remembered <laughs> how much I enjoyed. Was it last? It wasn't last week. It was the week before 
yeah. week before. Excuse yeah, me. yeah, yeah. How much I enjoyed you guys, Drag Strip Syndicate, that band, and uh, hadn't thought about it in a while. I was gone for four years, and it was all came rushing back to me, <laughs> <laughs> seeing you guys there. Um, you know, I, I don't even, I don't know anything about you really, other than <laughs> you play guitar and you used to work at, uh, Mar, or, no, Guitar Center, right? I've worked at all of those incarnations all of, all of all those Mars stores. Guitar yeah. Center. What, yeah. yeah. Where are you from originally? Right here. Yeah. Uh, I grew up out by the airport. Um, really? Sandston? Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. Grew up. When I was really little, I grew up so close to the airport that the uh, the planes would, you know, wake us up. Oh, we were yeah. directly in the flight flight path. Then we moved out a little further uh, down down into the woods, and uh, we they changed the flight path, and it was still over our house. But it was the, the planes were high enough then, so it wasn't quite as loud. How are we looking over here? That looks pretty good, right? Can yeah. you see it from where you are? Yeah. Let me know if it looks really crazy and you have to turn it down. You got a better eye line on it. All good. Um, where'd you go to high school? <laughs> Verona High School. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Children of the Corn. <laughs> 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 yeah, that place is, uh, it's weird. It's, it's a really strange high school to be from in this town, but, uh, I think the whole thing of you don't have anything to do out that way mm-hmm. bred a lot of people that are really creative. Who else do you uh, know from out that way? There it is. Um, guys that I know that play music in town at least uh, are uh, Matt Webb, uh, Brian Stell, are the names that really come to mind. Uh, guys that I used to play with even before I played with Dragstrip uh, that may or may not play music anymore. But they were always, you know, going to shows, doing all that stuff, because when you come up in the East End, there's nothing to do. You go to Richmond, yeah. period. Yeah. Like, if you want to do anything, you go to Richmond. There's so. absolutely nothing out there. Yeah, there's there's stuff now, but it's all big box, you know. The mom and pop stuff that used to be there is all gone. So, yeah, I mean... I don't know exactly what it's like there now. I don't really go back. My family doesn't live in the East End anymore. So, uh, but back then, <laughs> not a whole lot to do other than going to country style donuts. <laughs> oh, that's a good thing to do. Though. <laughs> Somebody was just talking about that recently. I have to hit that place. I, you know, I grew up in Churchill, oh, so we were probably. I mean, we went east a little bit for to go to. There was this restaurant. Uh, God, I can't remember what it was called now. It, a and W or something, not A and W, but it had a flipping fish on the sign. It's over there where that tasty freeze, right next to uh, Montrose Heights, kind of. I don't know what the hell it is. Oh, it's. I think it's called Yesterday's now. Yeah, it was something else. It was something else back in the day. And we would go to Carini's Pizza. Oh yeah, that's awesome. That so place is. Yeah, I, everybody in town talks all this stuff about Mama Zoo's and all that mm-hmm. stuff. But I grew up eating Carini's, and that's some, that's some real <laughs> New York style mm-hmm. pizza, like Absolutely. olive oil and garlic and Absolutely. Good shit. Yeah, and God, there was not a lot out that way. We always went. Everybody goes west if you live east. Yeah, you know. But how far is uh, 
like where you grew up and I mean you went in Sandston, so you were in the East End of Richmond, but you went further east to go to Yeah, I mean high school? No, I mean the the actual high school is actually really close to downtown Richmond. Oh really? Um yeah, it's just up Route Five. Oh. If you go up Route Five just just east of downtown, it's to the left in a cornfield, literally. <laughs> but um but where we lived was actually on Really close to the border of New Kent County, so uh, it was still suburbia. Was but that when you after you moved? Yeah, that's it when we moved. I, right. I was in like third or fourth grade. We moved out to like a bigger house, which was and that was maybe what fifteen miles from Richmond, or yeah, about fifteen miles from Richmond. Mm-hmm. If you had to, and I, and I mean, I lived there during school, like going to VCU and working in the fan and all that stuff. So yeah, it was like a thirty forty minute commute. Mm-hmm. to get into town um from out there it was you know not bad but it uh it was good to finally move and yeah. get into the city and you know cuz it was live enough of a, especially up until you were 16 i guess and driving there was really no way out of there right no no there really wasn't and i mean my parents i i guess they thought the city was just you know all crime so mm-hmm. I wasn't allowed to go <laughs> into the city until I was a little older, but uh, but once I started going, and especially once I started going to shows, uh, I didn't want to be, you know, in the That's East fun. End or yeah. in the West End or anything else. I, I knew the city was where it was at. So, well, where did it start for you with uh, music? Oh, many many moons. Uh, I guess. When I really thought about playing was uh me and my friend uh <laughs> Everett started playing music together and we were really into REM and U two. Mm-hmm. And which was really odd to be into that at that time uh in the seventh grade. Mm-hmm. Which is they what they weren't they hadn't broken the mainstream early quite 80s? yet. No, the, this is this was early nineties. Oh, okay. Um, and they hadn't quite broken into the mainstream, so we got a lot of flack for mm-hmm. liking that. For some reason, I, I, it seems weird to me now, but I right, think the, really the, the MO of that time was like hair rock and, mm-hmm. and stuff like that, which now I kind of like that stuff, mm-hmm. but I'm far removed from being made fun of for not liking it. So. <laughs> I know it's weird. The hair metal has a weird kind of <laughs> credibility now that it's kind of, it just kind of got passed over and, yeah, you know, and you got so much Bono and Michael Stipe shoved up your ass that you'd rather <laughs> go back. And, and, it's a different you thing know, now. Yeah, Kip Winger and uh, Bobby Blotzer, and <laughs> maybe maybe dudes. more War- Bobby Blotzer than Kip Winger. Right, Wa- Warren Demartini. <laughs> yes, yes, absolutely. Somebody was talking about him the other day that he was really like a, quite the. A unique guitar player. Uh, yeah. And I, I wouldn't know. I mean, I, I'm i not that kind of guitar player, so I don't really know about what's different about his leads. And no, I don't know. It. I don't know. I, I never really gave that stuff a whole lot of thought. I, I just, now it's like, oh, okay, I kind of get what they were getting at there. Mm-hmm. Like, I think there was a, there was a, a, a handful of those bands that really wanted to be the New York Dolls. Yeah. They all pretty much missed the mark. Right. But they really wanted to be They could play that. a lot better than the New York Dolls. I mean, Technically. Of, yeah. They couldn't write as good. No, they weren't, they weren't as cool. <laughs> no, not at all. <laughs> they were in LA. Not at all. Plus, they were doing that following 
a trend, whereas the New York Dolls were creating right. the thing. Right, they exactly. They made that up completely. Exactly. But Rat, Rat Guns N' Roses, any, none of those L.A. bands would have been dressed like that if it weren't for Motley Crue. Right? That's true. And, and Motley Crue were sort of distinguishing themselves from, I don't know, I can't remember what now, but but that was, a, you know, Motley Crue was the closest, I guess, you could get to having the same mentality as yeah. uh, New York Dolls. Yeah, that, just like, screw everything. Right, right. <laughs> yeah, they were pretty badass in the, in the beginning there. <laughs> and, and over the, they also knew their kiss well. Like, they were, they yeah. had the rock brand yeah. mentality, even though they were Definitely. badasses. You know? <laughs> Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. So, it, then, or starting out, it was more like the Athens and the... Yeah, Athens definitely. In, in Scotland. And, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I, didn't, I guess those were the two bands on the radio that were definitely not like everybody else at the time. Mm-hmm. In my little insular world, mm-hmm. you know, I didn't know anything about music. So. Yeah, and there's not much radio in Richmond at that point. It's true, it's there's true. I mean... 102 Q94... It's Q94, you would hear one of two songs by either one of those bands once a day. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, you start raiding record collections of parents, and you start, you know, going to the record stores when you can. Yeah, so when did you start stuff doing out. that? Um, not long after that. I mean, you know, we had, each one of us had records and you know, in the house because mm-hmm. of our parents, mm-hmm. but then you start actually being into music and going to stores. So, like, I started sort of, like, shopping for music probably, I don't know, before that. But from, like, seventh grade on, when I sort of realized that I wanted to play music, that's a whole different thing. You'd look for different stuff. Right. You know, you get into your Led Zeppelin, you know, all all the classic stuff you get into pretty quickly. Once you figure out, oh, I'm gonna play guitar. Well, I gotta, I gotta hear all this guitar stuff. Jimmy Page, Jimmy Hendrix, Eric Clapton, and absolutely, absolutely. Did you have anybody guiding you towards records before you got into playing? Did you, or were you just sort of like, no, I think, I think me and my friend Everett at the time were sort of raiding our parents' record collections, and then you know we'd hear about something. You know, go try and figure it out. It wasn't the internet at the time, so which is crazy. Like, <laughs> yeah, you. Could if, just that, if we YouTube. had had that, it would have been a totally different thing. That's crazy to me. Uh, how much stuff you would have been able to find at that age? Yeah, to listen to and how to play it. Like, yeah, you can find some guy showing you precisely how to play everything. It's insane, <laughs> and I, I mean. I had a lot of influences. Uh, my uncle is a musician, uh, and was at the time, and he sort of turned me on to Hendrix. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, so, you know, there was that going on. And then, you know, you start, you read about REM, so you read about the rest of the Athens bands. You read around, read about, like, Pylon and stuff like that. And then on that same to. note, you're still in the like classic rock. So, you know, we listen to all the Led Zeppelin stuff. Then you figure out, all right, well, there's Jeff Beck and there's, uh, the Beck Bogart and that piece record, which is kind of crap when you listen to it now. But, mm-hmm. you know, back then it's like, oh, this is some rarity. Mm-hmm. Um, 
So, yeah, I mean, it's, I'm sure it's just like most people's record stories. <laughs> yeah, it's a trail that you follow. Mm-hmm. So. Well, I like to hear your specific record story. <laughs> so how did you, was guitar your first instrument? Absolutely. You, yeah. And how old were you when you started playing guitar? Uh, 12. Uh-huh. I, uh, told my parents, I was like, I, I want to, play guitar i and i was i was sort of in a at a at a at a crux moment i guess not really having a whole lot of uh social activity going on i really wanted you know something to do to you know do that and i had heard all this music i was like all right i want to play guitar and a week later they come and bring me this 80 dollar yamaha guitar i still have it uh and I, yeah, it's <laughs> it's a great little guitar. I can't I can't deny. And I learned on that for. Did you teach yourself, or did you take lessons? No, I took lessons from this guy named Terry Havens, um, and he was definitely of the school of you got to play acoustic guitar first. You got to train your hands to to be able to wrap around right. this thing mm-hmm. and uh that's a great way to get your calluses oh and, yeah right. <laughs> oh man oh that first year man bloody fingers all yeah. <laughs> it was great but uh and i sucked i sucked so bad but you know you spend three years woodshedding you, you know you get a hold on it on the instrument at least what did you do to to woodshed like i know you're speaking figuratively but like when you were were you sitting in your room playing on along the records? Absolutely. And, yeah. Sitting along playing along the records was like my big thing. When the summer was on and school's out, I'd you know, other kids are going out and playing. I was in the bedroom, like I had my uh, <laughs> had my stereo set up, all the speakers were stacked, so I could play I could plug in my guitar amp into my stereo and play through a full stack. <laughs> and uh yeah i was i really thought that was that must be how they do it in the big leagues so right. that's how i'll do it uh-huh. and uh i figured out you know a bunch of led zeppelin stuff figured out some of the ram stuff that stuff was actually really hard to figure out for somebody who's just starting out there's no there was no tablature for right. them they well, weren't they were popular enough for that too right yeah yeah so like you figure that stuff um, little by little you figure that stuff out and then uh and somehow along the way, I got into uh, Metallica, mm-hmm. um, which for a budding guitar player is there's a wealth of stuff there to learn how to play guitar in their yeah. stuff. And if what you're playing you along the records, it was like. You what know. did you lean more towards the the Kirk Hammett stuff or the James Hetfield? Definitely the the rhythm stuff. I didn't really yeah. play lead guitar until way later. I didn't. I didn't really care about lead guitar. I I loved all the rhythm stuff. Hetfield is like my one of my favorite rhythm players of Absolutely. all time. Man. Absolutely, I you know it's I'm sure tons of people like them, but you know, and it's probably a little cliched, but I I love that stuff when I was a kid. It was great. <laughs> I can separate. I I don't you know I don't dig what they do now, but like oh no, to listen to <laughs> Helpless, you know, which is a cover. Of uh, uh, somebody yeah. else's song. What is it? Diamond? No, is it Diamond? Uh, I can't remember. Can't remember. But that. But yeah. The way but that, that he comes it's in, badass. Like, <laughs> <laughs> it's badass. And it's still badass. Yes. Like I can. I can listen to that. I once. That's one of my like Desert Island 
records is that Garage Days re- revisited. And when I had it on a tape, it was the same thing on both sides. And you, <laughs> you Hell know, yes. <laughs> Hell yes. What's uh, Crash Course in Brain Surgery? Oh, yeah, yeah. oh my God. And the weight. Oh, so sick. And they close it out with two Misfits songs. Which yes. Are like, hmm, <laughs> who are the Misfits? Yeah, and uh, yeah, and I th- I'm sure like thousands of kids were like listening to that, and then they were like, who are the Misfits? I mean, mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> did that happen to you? Did it, did, did you? Uh... I sort of already knew about the Misfits mm-hmm. by the time I had heard that, but at the time, I, I definitely wasn't. I didn't really understand the punk rock thing uh really early on i didn't really mm-hmm. understand what that all meant at all until i started going to shows in town um i didn't really get that that was a thing well was, especially if you're spending there's loud music and there's quiet music that's right. all i thought at the time you know <laughs> right especially if you're spending the time really learning how to play guitar yeah. like the way that people who are good at guitar play guitar exactly and that's not what punk rock is about no punk rock (laughs) definitely came from the other instead of woodshedding you start playing shows immediately exactly exactly (laughs) and then if you get good at it it's because you play a shitload of shows and exactly all of that so was that when you did i guess i'm assuming that you kind of it i mean for lack of a better word you're listening to the stuff you can get your hands on at record stores in richmond and you're listening to what's on the radio yeah and then you go to vcu well, the VCU thing was sort of like, I wanted to go to music school, mm-hmm. uh, and luckily I got in even though I wasn't. At, by my definition, I don't think I was up to par, and, mm-hmm. and by the admissions department, I probably wasn't up to par either, but they let me in, and that was real cool of them to do. <laughs> um, but uh, I always had like this whole... like. Uh, what do you, what do you call it? Like a, a dual personality about mm-hmm. it, because I had, at that point I had already found out about going to like punk rock shows at like the upstairs metro and mm-hmm. the downstairs metro rockets, mm-hmm. uh, going to shows at Twisters, things like that. So it was like there was this whole thing. I was like, all right, well I want to be in a band now. I don't want to wait or you know learn all this stuff, but. I also want to learn all this stuff. So right. I sort of had this dual mind about it at the time. Uh, Wait, how old are you? When were you at NPC? I am 37 as of last Sunday. <laughs> oh, happy birthday. Thanks. So you were three, uh, six years younger than me. So did you see, like, those, like what were the bands that were playing uh, at, at the Metro and, and, uh, the f- and all that? I remember you? the very first one was... Uh, it was Four Walls Falling, um, Product, and Destroy. Um, Destroy being like a, one of those like total crust punk bands mm-hmm. back in the day. Mm-hmm. It just sounded like noise to me, and it mm-hmm. was like really shocking. Mm-hmm. Product, you know, being sort of like that metal edged hardcore, and then Four Walls, I mean, you know. <laughs> you know what? I don't know. I just oh man, I interviewed t- oh, Taylor man. Stale, t- Taylor Steele recently. He's on like two episodes back. Yeah, yeah. And I feel I'm almost kind of kicking myself because I, I, you know, I missed that. Like I was. Oh, that band kinda... was a lightning bolt, dude. They were a lightning bolt to well, me. Tell me about them in your in your own words. Well, I mean, I'd never gone to see a hardcore show. I didn't know what that was about at all. 
and I walked into that place and it was one of those things. I went with a couple of friends and they were like, Oh, you know, no, just, just wait. You'll see. And there's people going absolutely ape shit crazy. And, <laughs> and, you know, and in my mind, I was like, well, okay, the, that, I want to do that. <laughs> and, Make uh, the people do, go crazy. I like want to, yeah, at that, yeah. at that age, I mean, good lord, uh, you know. <laughs> So, like, you still go on to shows like that. You go to see, you know, Avail. Um, it, you, if you're me, you <laughs> you wait a few years uh, to get your chance to see Fugazi. But I did get to see them. Um, saw Jawbox a few times. Um, and, the, you know, there's all this different stuff going on. It's not always, you know, like, point the positive finger hardcore all over mm-hmm. the place. It was all sorts of different stuff, but it was really engaging at that age when my idea of a rock concert was before that was something completely different, you something know. Huge, like something huge, like the Coliseum. Yeah, yeah, Coliseum. I, I didn't realize that people were just going to the local show and, you know, having a ball mm-hmm. and that. You get real close to the stage and like, absolutely. Get your hair Sometimes back, sit like, on the stage yeah. and like, yeah, I remember being, uh, at a show with, uh, oh, who was it? Uh, Universal Order of Armageddon. Mm-hmm. And I really thought I was going to be injured. <laughs> I made the dumb move of sitting on the stage. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, those shows, and especially that first one, uh, complete lightning bolt. Like, and did you, like, I mean, I, when I first came to shows down there, like, I had been going to shows at the Coliseum to see hair metal. And like, as <laughs> soon as like I, I would get on the floor and get as close to the band as I could one time, and then when everybody started surging and the crowd got too close to me, I was like, I'm not fucking doing that anymore. <laughs> I'm sitting, and I picked a spot stage right, which I watch every metal show from from that point forward. Like, yeah, I never went down on the floor because I'm scared of those guys from Verina down there. Oh, I understand. <laughs> <laughs> but you know. I guess in high school, in the end of high school, in the beginning of college, I came down to see some shows at like the Metro. Yeah. And I, and no, and you know what it was? It was I saw Faith No More at the Boathouse open up for the Red Hot Chili Peppers. And, oh, okay. Okay. And this was before they played at the Metro. And that thing started to happen with the crowd surging. And, yeah. and I stayed in it. And I realized I wasn't going to get hurt. And like, this was a major liberation to me to like just be in a sea of bodies like that. Yeah. And nobody's trying to hurt you. They're just like all banging off each other and colliding. Cause people were really in the, say, punk and hardcore and most of that shit. Yeah. They like to get physical, but it wasn't about fucking anybody else. It's not about hurting people. Right. And, uh, it wasn't at the time, at least. I don't know about Did you have that same feeling? Like, yeah, definitely. Especially going to hardcore shows, it wasn't like, Oh yeah, you're gonna get punched in the face. You're not gonna get punched in the face. You might fall down, but there's like 500 people there to pick you up. It wasn't like yeah, it was pretty liberating and shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I dug that out of it at the time, but my bones are brittle now and I can't do it anymore. <laughs> I was at some show. I can't remember what it was at First Avenue in Minneapolis, and I was and things were getting rowdy. I think it was of all things, it was might have been Caius Caius Lives playing just. Recently, and I was yeah. not getting in that shit, but I was standing on the edge of it, and somebody, I wasn't looking, and somebody drilled my ass, and I went, like, flying, but I got caught, you <laughs> know, by good. a whole bunch of That's people, good. and I was like, oh, this is what this, 
used to be like, you know. But I'm so worried about twisting my ankle. Yeah. Can't go to work, and then yeah, it sucks to be old. Yeah. So what was your? Did you have high school bands or did you do anything? I did. Um, I I did. I had high school bands with some of the guys that I played with even later. Um, but the high school bands never really played in clubs or anything like that. You know, you play a party. School um, dance or something like that? Yeah. No school dances. Uh, school dances for us were DJed by the faculty, mm-hmm. and it was Q94, man. It, was, <laughs> it wasn't going to be any live bands. So, so no, you were playing house parties and bands? Yeah, then. house parties the, and stuff like what that. What was the band called? Did you have a name? Oh, we had so many names. Uh, good Lord. The first one... Uh, Wow. The Remnant Kingpins, which doesn't make any sense. Remnant Kingpins? Yeah, it's a, I guess maybe like a bowling term? I don't know. It doesn't make any sense because there was only, there would only be one Remnant Kingpin. It's a Kingpin. Right. Well, maybe they're Kingpins of Crime. Yeah, maybe. Maybe. I don't know. I don't know. It's not really well thought out. What was the music like? Uh, at that point, I mean, we just, we just did covers, you know, we did the songs that we liked, just like most high school bands. Mm -hmm. Um, we did a, a few other, other bands, you know, with, uh, with different people, uh, in high school, um, some, you know, never any originals here and there, but that's not the stuff that sticks out to me in high school. It wasn't. I didn't know how to write a song. I mean, I, I just it, it didn't even enter into my mind until way later that hey, you can write your own music. <laughs> and that didn't really even play into anything until I started going to shows. I was like, oh, you can write music. I so after this didn't revelation even... of seeing four walls falling and <laughs> yeah, what happened next? Um, some of my high school friends and I started a band called T minus two, and. It was sort of jokey, uh, and it was, you know, meant to be good fun, and that's what it was. I mean, I was in school. It's not like we were going to go tour, but we wanted to play shows in town. And uh, I think there was a time where I took it a little too seriously for the time, but but for the most part, we just had a really good time. Um, And I played in that band. Really, up until I started playing in drag strip with uh, with John and Matt, and when when we started playing in that band, um, it was it wasn't even called drag strip. Matt was the drummer. Yeah. Oh yeah. It was just the three of us for a couple of months, and we were called the Get Down. And was that uh, garage kind of rock and roll? Yeah, it was weird. It was definitely um, sort of like garagey, but. I think John at the time had sort of a DC influence. Like mm-hmm. he was really into the Nation of Ulysses and uh, you know the the DC stuff. So there was a bit of like an angular thing at the very beginning. Uh, and you're like playing the guitar. First, yeah, I was pl- playing guitar. He was playing guitar. No drums. Two guitars and drums. No uh, drums. Not. I'm sorry. No, no bass. bass. Yeah. Yeah. Like. One of the first shows we played, we played with uh, Burning Airlines, the the post Jawbox band mm-hmm. in Williamsburg, and uh, yeah, I couldn't believe I was getting to play with those guys, you know. And uh, I think we probably 
fit the bill at that time probably pretty well. I don't know. I don't know. It's hard, hard to gauge, but, uh, but, um, the get downs. Yeah. Which in the, in the history of things, I think the, it, it was the get down and I think it was, that's a much better band name than Drag Strip Syndicate. I, I don't like Drag Strip Syndicate. <laughs> what I like about Drag now, even though you've had your exposure to punk rock and you were, T minus two was straight up. It like, was just punk. Hardcore and punk. Yeah. Punk like, like Four Wolves Falling hardcore punk or was it more like, uh. uh it was probably a little bit more tongue in cheek. Um, I like think maybe. New York CBGBs kind of. Yeah, a little bit of that. And then there would be elements of like, Hardcore stuff like um, the Gorilla Biscuits. If the Gorilla Biscuits right. were really, you know, tongue in cheek, <laughs> they had a. They seemed to have some kind of sense of humor going on there. A little bit, yeah. a little bit. Um, yeah, yeah, true. <laughs> <laughs> that led to Civ, right? Right. Was the band that came out of that. Yeah, I, yeah. yeah. That's guy Sammy, and happened. To, we had a mutual friend ended up hanging out with him a lot. In really, York and. and Meant nothing to me because I, I again didn't listen to that. Yeah, those bands either. Yeah, that's just like a chunk of shit that I missed. But I'm learning. I'm, I'm gonna have to go back and check it out now because uh, I'm talking to so many people. It's <laughs> like a part it, of their. It was thing. a thing. It existed and it was awesome. Yeah. <laughs> so T minus two is punk, and then you start get down, and that's a little. More like taking the hardcore and the punk into a, a, a like, and Taylor and I talked about this, like, it's kind of like a, the influence of Fugazi and stuff is like, it's taking that in a more, uh, an artier direction than the driving. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely, I mean, we had that influence at the time, but it definitely wasn't, uh, on the surface what we were trying to do, I think, um. You know, we were probably listening to a lot of the super suckers at the time, uh, things of oh, that nature. So not, so not really. Rock and roll. It's it's yeah. a really weird thing for uh, for me to say that. Yeah, we. I mean, John and I both are huge Fugazi fans, mm-hmm. and it probably informs a lot of what we do. But it, I don't think that we sound anything. Anything we've ever done so the ever didn't sounds either. like there that. was no transition. There was this no was real like, transition. Right. It was just like. John and Matt were playing together, and he was like, you got to come play with us. And I thought about it for about 30 seconds. So I was like, yeah, I'll, I'll come play with you guys. And we wanted to, like, go and tour and do the, the whole well, thing. Well, I was getting ready to say about, and, and you, you were making fun of the name Drag Strip Syndicate and all of that, but what I really liked about that band, having, like, I had gone the irony trajectory so bad, like, I'd gone and, you know, ended up, <laughs> You know, just cast aspersions on anybody that takes themselves seriously or, or is serious about, like, really rocking out, like, for real, not as a byproduct of some other sort of intellectualized yeah. statement or, you know, or some, some kind of, you know, post thing, you know? Yeah. Like, like you guys, like, I went, I went the full gamut with that. I got to this point where, like, everything got so specific. About like whether oh, yeah. something was cool or not cool or yeah. good or not good, and then I just I hit a wall with that, and yeah. I started. Playing. It's easy to. <laughs> and, like, These I subcultures of subcultures of music. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. Like, I started playing, <laughs> you know, and and my band was like not tongue in cheek at all, power trio stuff, informed by like 
no wave, like yeah. listening to Sonic Youth and listening to lots of de- things that deconstructed. So we would play the riff and then we would take it apart. Yeah. And like, I liked, like when I, I did that right up until I left New York and when I came back here, you guys were one of the bands that I liked because you were playing balls out rock and roll with none of that fucking bullshit, like yeah. irony or pretension or whatever. And Drag Strip Syndicate's a great name for that <laughs> well, kind of thing, you know? <laughs> I mean, there was, I, I mean, Maybe I'm just like I got an axe to grind. My perception of the Richmond music scene uh, has always been smart asses, you know, <laughs> who l- like to play, comp- you know, like to play complicated arty music, <laughs> post punk style, uh, who never seriously just wanted to rock out. You know, they would. There was definitely like an element of it, but it was like frowned upon to just be like say cock rocking or or you know whatever. That was my impression prior to you know when i left and went away to new york and it got real simple for me by the end of the time i was in new york where i really just appreciated basic power chord kind of rock and roll and i came back here i was like oh great there's drag strip syndicate and ultra bait were like my favorite bands for that like you know just really getting into it do you feel do you agree with that that there was a lot of art school like fucking i mean there's always been you know art damage stuff here Mm -hmm. but I don't know. I, some of that stuff I really enjoy. I mean, yeah. I really honestly enjoy, and I don't know that, that that stuff comes from a place of irony for those people. Right. That might be what they think is, this is what I actually want to do. Deal shit. This yeah. is me rocking out. Right. I can't, I don't know. I don't know if I can really speak to that, no, not I think knowing those folks, but. But your impression of it is. But I, my impression of it sometimes is. Yeah, that seems a little art damage to me. But, but at no, the I same think that's time, a really good thing you just said that that's them rocking out. That might be, yeah. yeah. You know, that's just the product of their influences. It's you know, and that's fine. But I don't know. It's it definitely when we started out, our whole thing was we didn't want to really think about that stuff. It, it, you know. You, you get to a point where you're like, well, we don't want to be this kind of band or that kind of band. We just want to be the band, you know? right? Just let's just play music, mm-hmm. like the band. and that. Well, no, I don't. I don't <laughs> think I can aspire that high. <laughs> but <laughs> yeah, I would like to be in that band. <laughs> but um, no, I mean, I I think we got to a point where the you know, you get that thing where there's subcultures of subcultures of subcultures of music, and it's like, how much minutia can you really pinpoint down on? Mm-hmm. Can we just play some songs that we like playing? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, uh, I mean, you know, for all the stuff that seems a little art damaged, maybe that's what those people came to the conclusion of. That's what they really like to do. Right, right. Um, But... I don't know. I, I I thought we had a really good time doing it, I, and I think that came across. Yeah. But all of you guys are well-versed in all of the, the various subcultures, and we're playing mm-hmm. straight-up, you know, blues-influenced, mm-hmm. power chord, rock and roll, lots of riffs, lots of leads. Mm-hmm. There were three guitars in that band. Yeah. Yeah. And when did you bring Eric in? The, what was the bass player's name? I mean, uh, the first bass player's name was Mick Winters, um, and Mick. he was the one that like put out the first record and he uh, paid for it. I think, yeah. Um, and then, uh, then Eric got brought on maybe 
two years after that. And he was sort of, he was living in Williamsburg and then he moved to Richmond and, uh, things sort of took off once he joined the band. I mean, it was a great addition, like amazing. And not only that, but just wattage wise, I mean, yeah. <laughs> it's a fucking huge sound. Yeah, it's hard not to have a huge sound with 600 watts, but <laughs> <laughs> it's, it was so ridiculous. Um, yeah, yeah, I mean, once, once he was in there, we definitely started doing a lot more stuff. Uh, got, you know, a record deal with a label in Chicago. Things were looking really good. Um, you know, but getting to tour and stuff was awesome. Uh, getting to actually go out and... The people like, uh, Dragster outside of Richmond a lot or go over well? It went over better in some places than others. I mean, some places you go and, you know, it's just like touring in any other band. Some places you go and there's five people at the gig and you might get a hand clap. Some places you go and there's, you know, 80 people at the gig and it's a Sunday and it's, you know, it's well attended and people are into it. You know, when you're not huge, you're relatively unknown, that's a good night, you know? Yeah. So... You know, I think we had uh, good times in, like, Portland. Uh, L.A. was actually pretty cool, uh, but we only went there once. Uh, I I thought it was a really weird town to be in, but, you know, we did the requisite uh, showcase show. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> Didn't really pan out to anything, but that was fine. Uh, but... Uh, the main thing for us uh, outside of Richmond was Raleigh, and I guess that pretty much still is for Eric. I mean, he's yeah. he lives down there. Got got married, you know. He's he's a Raleigh dude forever, man. Yeah. Um. Dean so and I, that's one of his. Bands. Yeah, hell yeah! <laughs> I love those guys. They're really hoping they come up to Richmond sometime. <laughs> yeah, we gotta we gotta. They haven't played up here yet. I don't think they've played up in Richmond yet. That has to happen. He made me a uh, playlist on Spotify of like shit like Graveyard and things of that ilk. Yes. And, yeah, it was really Graveyard. nice. Graveyard. Oh. So mo- more recent lightning bolt. Mm-hmm. I didn't realize that stuff like that was still going on in, you know, Sweden, Sweet, Netherlands. Sweden know how to rock, man. Hell I yeah. have to just get past, the, you know, as a, as, an, as a word guy, an English major, I hear their lyrics and i'm like they wrote this with an english swedish to english dictionary like yeah klaus yeah. main and the scorpions or something <laughs> and, and you can tell <laughs> but, but you know what the, i like about the swedes they like to rock they like to rock yeah <laughs> i don't know what love those guys man doing with. Uh, uh yeah and that was another lightning bolt back in the day is uh the helicopters Hell yeah. oh my god <laughs> Super shitty Tasty to the max. Licks Fucking Jesus. Everywhere, man. <laughs> yeah. Love those guys. I finally got to see those guys a few years back. That was awesome. Got to see them at the Black Cat. That was really cool. What is the record that has this, um, God, uh, is it La Grand Rock or what's, what's the other one right around there? Uh, it's, there's Grand Rock and High Visibility. They're the two, like, big ones. I can't remember the one. I was one I was listening to a whole lot a few years ago, and uh, it's got pride on it. Which one's got pride on it? Um, mm, that's either one of those. I can't remember which one that one's on. Pride. 
Uh, I found I, a, I think it's on high visibility, but I'm not sure. That's sure. an awesome song. That record, I, like, I didn't dig it when it first came out because I liked them as the Stooge, Stooges sounding overdriven, like, raw power helicopters. Yeah. Of super shitty to the yeah. max. Yeah. And then they started bringing in pianos and all of this stuff, and I was like, ah, it's not what I'm into. Yeah, but you, you know, back but, and listen to that record now. That shit holds up. Yeah, that is a great yeah. record. And Dragstrip was kind of like that. It was, you know, had had some. We liked those guys. <laughs> but your rock and roll approach was similar to their rock yeah. and roll approach, not being Swedes, and yeah, all but Americans. And so, how what what happened with Dragstrip Syndicate? Like where I, you know, I guess I, I don't remember when it stopped being Dragstrip Syndicate, and then it was two thousand seven. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Just you know. You play with these guys, and things were not always the friendliest, uh, especially towards the end. And we were look, we were staring down the barrel of uh, another record deal, mm-hmm. and um, I think we probably made the right decision to stay friends mm-hmm. instead mm-hmm. of, you know, stick with it and go tour and hate each other. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um I definitely don't regret that, you know. It's it was tough at the time. I definitely like I came home, I went, I got a job, you know. Yeah, it it is what it is. But what uh, was the high water mark for you of of uh you know, getting close to that that rarefied air of rock stardom and you know, or not maybe rock stardom, but like getting up there to the Getting wo- up there where you want to be. Yeah. A couple of shows in Chicago kind of stick out in my mind. Um, doing the double door and, and it actually being people there was, that was kind of a big thing for me. Uh, that was, you know, that was sort of in the middle of things, uh, in the middle of touring a lot. Um, you know, that, that whole thing when you can go somewhere where you don't, you know, you're not from there at all and, people actually start to come out and see you. Yeah. I think that's that's a good mark for any band. Did you uh, get to have that experience of standing on stage and seeing people go crazy? Like a little bit, a little bit not here quite and there. Four walls falling crazy. But. No, no, no. We would not inspire that kind of thing. <laughs> I know. But that. some ass shaking. But there was definitely some ass shaking going on. Um and you know, there's all kinds of, you know, funny little tidbits that happen, but Give me a couple. <laughs> Give me some uh, tidbits. Our our second bass player, uh, John Flude, uh, had a running. I don't remember if it was a running bet or or what, but basically we played Huntington Beach for like fifteen people um, the night after we played L.A. And for every song that we played, he took off a piece of clothing. Until he was buck ass naked on stage. I I don't know. I'm sure plenty of bands have done that. There by the end of that, there were there were nobody left. I was surprised. But that word traveled fast, and they wanted him to get naked in Raleigh when we got back to the East Coast. (laughs) I don't know. Silly stuff like that, you know. Um, How did you like playing? Was that you played in Huntington Beach? Just the one. Just the one time. It was cool because we had friends from Richmond that lived out there at the time. Yeah. 
and they came out to that show, and uh, that was it. Was just a good time. Like, who, like having like a party. Sean Sutphin or uh, Ricky Tub or any of those characters. They were in L.A. No, they like, were in L.A. at the time, but um, no. Um, my friend uh, Aaron and her friend Kelly, Aaron's husband Zach. Um, they sounds I don't, familiar. I think you may have met them, um, but they were all living out there. And Kelly still lives out there. Um, and, you know, seeing them and hanging out with them in the middle of being really, really far away from home, that's always good, you know, having some friends. That really there. is another world, fuck Southern California, Orange County. It Beach, really, really know. is. I, I lived in Costa Mesa, which is right next to Huntington Beach. And yeah. Basically, I was living in Huntington Beach. Yeah. What we would consider the same town, it's like there are 50 towns, like, yeah. right up on top of each other. So it's kind of... Costa Mesa, Huntington Beach, uh, Newport Beach, all that shit's in a cluster. Yeah. There. So I lived there, and I really, like, just could not... I thought... I was like, California's awesome, except for these Californians. Yeah. Yeah. And I didn't dislike them. I just was like... I just couldn't get what they, like, were about, like, a lot of those... I really did. Yeah. I I mean, I fancy myself a pretty free thinker, you know, for somebody who lives on the East Coast, I guess. But, yeah, there's some... There's just some freaks out there. There, you know what, man? I found that <laughs> there, there are like you know, it's like a different around, mindset, man. <laughs> but the, there's, I expected more freak kind of shit in Southern California, and what I found was like white power skinheads. Oh, really? Like, yeah, red. I'm glad I didn't like, run into what, that. What that I would, would consider <laughs> rednecks, you know, yeah. like, but they're they're in Orange County in the desert in Southern California. Like, and they're fucking serious. Like, they got into this yeah. shit in prison, and they got out, and they're, like, down with Nazi shit and That's stuff. That's I was like, this good. is not what I thought I was going to be That's seeing so in Southern good. California. <laughs> I mean, I was behind a guy at a gas station had on a Rudolph Hess, like, t-shirt, like wow. he was a rock star. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, they don't, I mean, it's, you, you got no idea. Like, it's. I no, think it's, no, I didn't. <laughs> people are people are fucked up down there, uh, down there, man. I'm telling you, I went to I went to my uh, <coughs> Mark from TKO Records. That guy, yeah, like, yeah. We we would go to there was this place out there called the um, Doll Hut in in some weird little part. I don't know what the hell, like Irvine or yeah, something like that. And we saw TSOL yeah there, and he was like, "Okay, time to go." And I'm like, "Why?" He goes, "The high fivers are here." And that's the, you know, the neo-Nazis that are, they're like up in front, they're fucking up in front of the stage doing that shit. What the hell? Doing this fucking, I'm serious. What year is this? I'm telling, right? Like, this was 2004. (laughs) And like, that is an element of, like, an actual element down there. It's pretty fucking scary. (laughs) Yeah, I agree. I um, agree, man. Uh, but so, Horsehead starts up, it's just you and John, or was anybody Yeah, it was kind of, um, it was going to be... John making a solo record, and there wasn't a band name or anything like that, but we started, because we worked at Mars Music, we worked with uh, with Bob Roop, and... Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know much about him. Um, good dude. Um, you Is know. he in the band now? No, no. no. Okay. Um, he, um, basically, he had a home studio, and, um, you know, we, we all started sort of you know, working on these songs and then, you know, with eventually was like, all right, let's grab a drummer. And instead of it being a solo record, it turned into a band. And, uh, you know, it's the first record was mostly, uh, songs that 
that John had worked on uh, since before Dragstrip broke up. And obviously very differently informed from the drag strip stuff. Like way more I don't know. There's what there's acoustic guitars on that record. Yeah. <laughs> what would you call it? I mean it's country and western influenced, right? Would influenced, you say I I'd say there's a country Roadhouse influence. Roadhouse rock? I don't know. I don't know. There's I, pedal steel. Everybody there's, was that there, in the There wasn't beginning? always pedal steel. Right. I just played guitar on the first record. Um, we had piano on there a little bit, but uh, I, I don't know. Uh, we just want to make rock and roll records right. in this band. Uh, I don't know if I. I but mean, not it's to a, be all subgenre about it. We but, don't have to be all subgenre about it. But there is a flavor. There's a flavor. There, like, there's some twang in there. I mean, when people ask me what what would what I you know, what do you guys sound like? I just you know to make it easy for them. I'll be like, okay. One part Rolling Stones, one part Tom Petty, one part Neil Young. The mellow Rolling Stones. Yeah. Now was the ca- I mean, Camel might be the only set that I've seen you ever. Like, I, I, but I think there might have been something. I mean, it's a 2007. Um, you started that then. I was only in Richmond one more year after that, and then yeah. I left in October of 2008. Yeah. So maybe I just never saw you guys. So the set that. Um, you did at the Camel that night was very mid, like mellow, like kind of making me think of Rolling Stones. I mean, there were moments maybe that were more. Are you not remembering it that way? You're like searching. <laughs> I no, I'm just I trying was... to remember the years now. Uh, doing it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that we've been doing it because we've been doing the band since 2004, 2005. Oh, so you were doing it concurrent yeah. with Dragstrip? No, no, I forgot. Dragstrip didn't break up in 07. We broke up in 04. Oh, okay. So, okay. yeah, I was a little off on that. But um so maybe I did see you. Maybe. Back then. Maybe. Um but Alex yeah, we did maybe. we definitely didn't do the 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 bands at the same time or anything. There I think there's one song on the first Horsehead record that was a song that that John had come up with while we were playing in, in drag strip, but we never played it out or anything like that. But yeah, anyway, um, yeah, definitely a little, you know, there's definitely some country influence there. But that way that like, like the Rolling Stones were playing country, you right, know, on Exile on Main Street, like, yeah, you know that there's that it's there's that. I mean, if you were to talk to John about uh, about country, he's He's a, he's way more well versed than I am mm-hmm. on on most of that stuff, but he's a big Waylon Jennings fan. Yeah, and I he's think looking he's, like that now. Well, yeah, yeah. He's like kind of <laughs> got that. I mean, he's got the same kind of beard and mustache combo, and he's up there in that western shirt, and he's playing a telly with roses on it. And like, if you didn't know his whole history or anything, you're just like, that's a Waylon Jennings guy. Yeah, kinda. yeah. You know? it's odd. It's it's odd, but. Well, for me, works the, for him. yeah, no, I dig it. <laughs> works man. for me. I, I gotta say, the entire experience. I mean, I had just you know watched Gold Rush, and that's this inc- like really intense pop yeah. energy thing, like really upbeat, you know, like uh, going there, and then then you guys come on, and it's this whole other world, yeah, you know, and it lulled me into this mindset, and like uh, John was saying things between songs, which just put me in this totally different mood, and it was really, you know, it was really great. To be in that mood, yeah, you know, 
Um, and I know John in this, you got all of you guys in this larger context of like having seen Drag Strip Syndicate. And I, yeah. I assume that you have the punk pedigree and alternative rock pedigree in there. Yeah. In your, it's in you, whether you're yeah. playing it or not. Yeah. Like you guys aren't dudes that grew up straight up, straight up in Verina playing country music or rock and roll. No. Like you've got the bigger <laughs> world of music under your belt. You know, you've, you know, you're, you're well educated and you're picking this way to play. But you're informed by, you know, a mentality that's been broader than that. Yeah, you know? I think so. So it's, you know, without, with that context, it's interesting. Without that context, it's, um, interesting, you know, just to get into that. And I mean, I think, you know, John's got a really cool stage presence and, and, uh. I agree. You know, I agree. And w- the, the thing he said between, you know, I even put it on Facebook that like, this is a song about that girl everybody tells you is no good. For you, but you you don't listen because you fucking love her. Yeah, I was like, hell yeah, yeah, yeah. I know that song. <laughs> <laughs> I know that feeling. <laughs> and I, I like, you know, I guess it's interesting to see you guys. I mean, I don't. I guess may, maybe you, you wouldn't own this, but it's like a it's a maturation thing for me too, because you guys are, you know, you grown ups. Yeah, you have families, and... grown ass men. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> And is that a different? I don't thing always you, act like it, but yeah. <laughs> is that a different thing that you're putting in? Is is that inform what you're putting in that play? I it That's it would that. have to, even if it's not consciously. Right, right. It would have to. That's a stupid question, maybe. Uh, yeah. I mean, I don't know. It 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 would have to inform us, you know. It, my tastes change, and I know his do, and I know that that you know Greg and Randy, their tastes change, just like everybody else's. Mm. And all that stuff always is informing you. If you hear, you know, something really awesome, you're like, oh, that's, you know, that's really cool. We could incorporate something like that, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and you get these years under your belt. Well, that's a lot of stuff you can pull from. Yeah. I think that's awesome. I think it's one of the coolest things about music is, like, you, but you'll never know it all, you know. It, right. And that's not the point of it. It's right. like you, can't, you have to keep learning. Using this vocabulary to talk about where you're at at this point. And I do think that's, that's cool. Like what you guys were for me in, in the early 2000s as Drag Strip Syndicate was this like blow the doors off of everything. Like just, you know, rock show, like big time, like really just get, get high on it, you know? And it, now it's there, there's this other, other thing that this other palette you guys are working in and i'd like to see a lot more of it before I, you know i'm still talking from this really maybe you could ply me with a cd or something i might be able to hook you up with something like that (laughs) (laughs) what do you what else you what do you like around town right now uh obviously gold rush i'm real into those guys um let's see i haven't been out to a show in in a, a little bit um the uh have you heard uh, Eric Manweller's new band? Mm-mm. Eric Hunter and the Distractions. I don't even think I I'm not sure who that is. Like, um Eric has always hung out with me and John, uh one of our best buds from back in the day. Uh we all worked in the music stores together and uh he's got a really good band put together now with uh uh Jerry Ray, uh Ben, uh, Matt Webb, Brian Stell, and, uh, Chris Carl. Eric Hunter and the Distractions? Yeah. That was called? Yeah. Right on. Uh, 
Yeah, you got to check those guys out. They're actually they've been working on a record with Dano, who mm-hmm. has done the last two Horsehead records. Uh, oh, really? Yeah, he did the post me Devil Tones record too. Oh, really? Yeah, riding the high horse. How does that make you feel? Oh, I don't. <laughs> I was through with that <laughs> when that happened. Though <laughs> so there are a couple of tracks on there that we did with Steve Bass from the Devil Dogs down in Chesapeake. Oh yeah, we did that like an eleven-song thing with him down there, and then oh, man, I remember when that dude was cutting stuff. Man, that was awesome. That's a cool little studio. Is he still there? I never went down there, and I never recorded with him. Uh, I don't know if he's still doing that stuff. Who do you who do you guys record with when you want to you record in town? Did you like? Yeah, we go to Dano's and, place. Yeah, uh, Snake you just Oil. Said that. Right? Yeah. So that's Dano's at Snake Oil. Yeah. Okay. What's his actual last name? Deckelman. Oh. Daniel Deckelman. I'm friends with him on fucking LinkedIn that I didn't even realize. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> it's one of the most socially networked dudes I've ever met. <laughs> I don't think I, I, I've ever actually met him in person. But. Oh, he's a good dude, man. You know, we just got a big article on Pitchfork um, about Richmond being like the East yeah. Coast metal scene, you know, whatever. Yeah, that's a thing that happens now. Metal's really huge here now. Yeah. It's crazy. Do you like any of it? Oh, yeah. Of? like I, I like metal. Um, What's your favorite? I Municipal Waste? Uh, you know, I like, uh, yeah, I've been to see uh, Municipal Waste a couple times. Um, I haven't seen Wind Hand yet. Um, I've seen, uh, Lamb of God a couple of times. Uh, yeah, I, I'm definitely not like, you know, that's not my big thing that I like yeah. to go see, but, you know, there, we've definitely got some good metal bands here now. I didn't, you know, I really didn't know And that. it wasn't a <laughs> thing in the, in the nineties when I started coming to the shows, there weren't metal bands. I mean, right. there were, but they were terrible. Right. Yeah. I mean, awful. <laughs> Yeah, the metal okay. band would be the band that you go and you're going to see a good show, and that they're the band that plays first, and you're like, oh, we got to get out of here." Yeah, that's true. <laughs> now it's definitely not the case. And Burn, Burn the Priest and and Lamb of God were kind of it, you know. For they were it for a long time. Yeah, and now there's a lot of it, and so I mean, I have I, I'm really interested to check it out, like to see what's out there. But you can't, you don't. You, you're not any more versed in what I should I'm be not about. really that well versed in it. Um, you know, I listen to whatever anybody else turns me on to. What else is good out, out there? Yeah. Got Eric Hunter and the Distractions. You have Gold Rush. Have you yeah. seen My Darling Fury? No, I haven't. I've been hearing very good things about I just those saw guys. them. I, that, that really defies categorization. Really? Yes, but good. Like you yeah, can't I'll deny that it's out. good, but you're like, what am I? What is this? <laughs> I like that. That's good. Um, there's another band in town, uh, My Old Ways, that I'm pretty into. Um, those guys are freaking rad. Um, have you? I don't know if I can qualify them as a Richmond band, mm-hmm. but uh, have you heard uh, Jay Roddy Walston in the business? Mm-mm. You need to hear that band. That band is kick ass. Jay Roddy Walston in the business. Yeah. So how was the the Virginia Craft Brewers Festival you guys just played? It was delicious. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah. I had uh, I had a beer. I was driving. So, but um, the the show itself 
those shows are always so hard to gauge because you're playing and people are sitting in front of you in lawn chairs relaxing. Yeah. It's so weird. And there's kids in front of them and they're doing the hula hoop thing and doing backflips. And it's generally a happy environment, but we are generally not that happy of sounding of a band. Right. And it just seems weird. And then you get plant, you get done playing a song and you hear people clapping, but they're not really like the people right in front of you. You hear people clapping way in the background. Yeah. And then when you get done playing, people come up to you and they're like, Oh, really enjoy your set. I mean, I, Signed a CD, which I think is really strange, but, um, but yeah, like, people seem to react to it really well, but you can't really tell when you're up there, so it's really hard to gauge those shows. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know, I tend to, in that situation, I kind of tend to shut my eyes and pretend it's Madison Square Garden and, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. you know, play it as best I can. But in a good way, you guys are like, Sitting in a very dimly lit bar with one of those little lamps on the table, mm-hmm. and you're with somebody you really want to be paying attention to, and you also want that music mm-hmm. going on, you know. And that I don't see that as a brightly lit experience. No, you know? <laughs> no. But I, by by the inverse, because we were playing where we were playing, if I wanted to look out and and get a little distracted, mm-hmm. you can play guitar to a gigantic mountain in front of you it's yeah that's that's pretty awesome that was not something i had experienced before mm-hmm. uh, I, I reckon it's probably like playing red rocks yeah you know it's crazy you mm-hmm. know oh, it's a mountain <laughs> that was somewhere near charlottesville like in that yeah it's uh nelson county it's about an hour and a half from here a little little past charlottesville um Absolutely beautiful back? country out there. Did you come back and play at Poe's Pub after yes, that? Yes, uh, John and I played as the Dimmer Twins. I wish you told me that was going Sorry on. about that. <laughs> I see it on Facebook afterwards. We, um, yeah, we do that. The sometimes. Dimmer Twins. I've seen that uh, um, elsewhere on Facebook or something like that. <laughs> well, it's see. good. It's when, good. When's the next Horsehead show? Uh, Raleigh. Um, next Thursday. Not with Demon Eye? Not with Demon Eye. Um, we're, we're playing there. Do you know what the Hopscotch Festival is? Uh-uh. It's, there's a music festival that happens in Raleigh. Um, maybe I have heard it. Is Sleep going to be down there this year? Or I that, don't know. There's something going on. That wouldn't that. surprise me though. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's all over the map as far as what music's playing. Mm-hmm. Um, but we're going down there for the very first thing. Uh, I don't know that it's, Super involved with the festival, but this place that we normally play down there is called Sadlax. They're putting on the the first day party, and it starts at like noon, and there's like ten bands playing. And it's a thing with a bunch of different venues, and yeah, like, yeah, yeah, it's kind of like a South by Southwest kind of thing. Absolutely, right, absolutely. Hopscotch festival, yeah, check that shit out. Yeah, it's gonna be that. That'll be super fun, and uh, we, luckily, even though it's on a Thursday, we're playing last, so I, I can, you know. Go to work, then go play the show. <laughs> it's Get good. In time for that. Good. I, I got to work. <laughs> yeah. And what are you doing for work right now? You I just work for the cable company. Yeah, that's right. Doing yeah. It's good times. Right on. What is this work sh- bench you got going over? Is this for working on guitars? That's for working on guitars. For souping stuff up? Yeah. Oh, man. I used to do that for a living. Uh, I'm super rusty doing it now. But uh, you can do the whole down to. 
pull it all apart kind of stuff? Or? Uh, I can do everything that doesn't involve in massive woodworking stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I can make a guitar play pretty good, I guess. So, uh, as far as recordings go, yeah, Horsehead's got what out there? Four full lengths. Four full lengths. And a couple of little things. And where are they? Around. Where can you get them? Um, you can get the full lengths anywhere. Um, if you're in Richmond, Plan Nine's a good place to start. If you're on the internet, iTunes, on I, iTunes. Amazon, anything like that. Um, I think we're even on Spotify, but I'm not going to promote that because, hey, that's just not. I don't know. It's weird. <laughs> well, yeah, I got into a big thing with. Talking to uh, James Menifee about that, um, it, you don't. So maybe you don't get paid quite like. I don't know. It's but at least people. I mean, like if it's I, I hear on my level, it's good thing that gonna, anybody listens. You know, right? first thing I'm gonna go is, <laughs> do is go check it out like that, which yeah. is better than me stealing it outright. Yeah, and then because then I'm gonna maybe buy it. You know, after I've listened to it, but I do like I do like the fact that people do go in and and use it like a listening bar. Yeah, I think that's cool. Um, but I don't know. I, the the current state of affairs in the music biz, I I I kind of stay out of it. Yeah, yeah. It's 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 best left up to the experts. Well, you know, I I think it's it's really making for better music in this day and age. You know, and I I think it's gonna have it's having a positive effect overall. Maybe that's easy for me to say because I never expected to make any money. As, you know, yeah, I don't expect to make any money. Yeah. It's, it's if I was in it for that, I'd have quit a long time ago. <laughs> so we're coming to that part where I haven't had to say this in a long time, but I got a piss bad as a motherfucker. Ah, pee pee dance. In my that's chair that's a stuff. shame. I don't have a bathroom. Oh Curtis. dear God! <laughs> Open your mouth. <laughs> All right, man. Thanks. Thank you. Talk to you later. All right, bye. Did anybody else notice that uh, he didn't seem to think it was very funny when I suggested that he open his mouth? I don't know. It was the best I could come up with. Was dead silence. Not amused. Well, that's, there you have it. Kevin Inch. It's a nice conversation. Nice talk. And uh, anytime you guys get the chance, I mean, they got, Horsehead's got like four records out that he's playing around soon check them out i like the idea of uh i think that's a good date band you know could uh i gotta be honest when i went when i saw him i ended up kissing a girl i highly recommend it you know just get you to see him get yourself a nice table listen to him and uh that's that romantic roadhouse rock and roll I think it's romantic. Probably agree. I don't know, but you won't know until you check it out. So go see him. Do what I say. Do it. All right. Yeah, yeah. I missed you guys. It was a long stretch between doing podcasts, and uh, I'm back. And we're rolling. Got a lot more coming up. Next up on the podcast is Marty Key. Went down to Steady Sounds and sat down with him, and we got tantric as hell, dropping names. Talking about indie rock and rock and roll in Richmond. And, uh, it was a lot of fun. Very educational. Neat dandy words with that fellow. And for some reason, I got the idea. He was just a 
not just, not that a DJ is just a thing to do, but I forgot about all the other stuff, all the other bands he's been in that I enjoyed from Young Pioneers, Live in Hollywood Cemetery, which is directed on and the lot, uh, Trixie Delicious and Lot Lizards. Of course, he's in Ted Leo and the Pharmacist now. So that's going to look forward to that. Come check it out on Thursday. I should be posting that. And uh, until then, Namaste. Namaste.